I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Oh, is that you're right? What have you done now, Vicky? Oh, I, t- I know that's that's me. Lift. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Vicky Patterson, The Secret Two. So, on this week's podcast, I have my good friend and the absolutely gorgeous, both inside and out, Kelly Brooke. Um, but before I welcome her to the show, I thought I would introduce you to this week's podcast subject. So this week, we are looking at the secret to feeling fabulous at 40, which is, of course, why Kelly was absolutely perfect for it. She is so gorgeous and just seems to have her shit totally together. Do you know what I mean? Handsome young fella, brilliant job, gorgeous garden, knows our way around a kitchen. I mean, is there anything this woman can't do? <laughs> I can't give you my secret on feeling fabulous at 40 because I'm a little way off. Um, But I can talk to you about how I felt when I was turning 30, I suppose. I think as you get older, big, big milestone birthdays, they tend to come with a lot of gravity and a lot of stress. And I'm not sure if it's society that puts the stress on or if we ourselves just just add pressure for unnecessary reasons. I know when I turned 30, it was all a bit scary for me. I was by no stretch of the imagination where I thought I should be. I thought I should be married and I thought I should have kids um, and I thought I'd just be really settled. But actually I found myself in a place uh, that was completely the opposite. Everything I thought I'd known for the last four, four, three or four years was totally turned upside down. Um, and it felt like I was sort of starting, starting from scratch again. And I think that added to my fears when I was sort of 30 odd. But when I sat down and really looked at it, um, I, I don't think there was much societal pressure. I think it was me who was putting all of this gravity on it. We all do things at different times in our life, don't we? Getting your degree at 29 is still an achievement. Finding love at 35 is still beautiful. Having kids in your 40s is still an amazing thing. And you shouldn't hold yourself to anybody else's timeline or compare your journey to anyone else's. And I think when we truly start to embrace just living life and having fun and doing what's right for us at the right time, that's when we actually become fabulous. So that would be my only advice. Don't hold yourself to anybody else's timeline. Just embrace your journey and enjoy whatever's happening at that time because it's right for you. (laughs) I hope that helps everybody out there. It's time to welcome the lovely and talented 
and fabulous at 40, Kelly Brook. Hello. Hi, Gorge. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks so much for having me on. Don't be so daft. I'm so grateful you wanted to do it. For anyone who doesn't know, Kelly is a super busy woman. Like, you've got your radio show, you've got your regular slots on this morning, you've got that bloody lovely looking fella. I just don't know how you managed to keep up with it all. <laughs> I know. And to be honest, it's been uh, quite challenging dur- during lockdown to kind of figure out how to do everything I was doing at home (laughs) but somehow we managed to do it but I absolutely love being busy I'm not one of those people that um takes a lot of holidays anyway I know it looks like I do on my Instagram but no I just I love working I'm a workaholic well the devil makes work for idle hands don't they mate so I know where you're coming from (laughs) But you're busy. I mean, how long have you been doing this podcast for? Oh, the podcast is relatively new. Kelsey, you are my, I think you're my eighth guest. Um, oh. so yeah, I know, right? Who have you but, had uh, on? Oh, we've had some good ones. We've had Ovi from Love Island. We've had oh. Pete Wicks from Towie. We had Giovanna Fletcher, the author and podcaster. No, we've kept it, um, we've kept it really varied and really fresh. I'm loving doing it. Oh, great. You're, this is great for you. You're just getting paid to like chat to your mates. This is like perfect. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm all about working smart, not hard, Kel. You know yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Before anyone who's listening to this must think, oh yeah, they just dive straight on this podcast, start having a chat. No, we've been trying to get this technical thing working for about forty-five minutes. It's not as easy as it looks. How on earth have you been doing your radio show from home as well? Yeah, it was so challenging. I mean, when I first um, had an idea that we were going to be going into lockdown, I did say to my producer, um, have you kind of considered like how we're going to do the show from home? And he said, what do you mean? You're coming into the studio. You're an essential worker. And I've <laughs> never considered myself essential in anything. And I said, how am I an essential worker? He said, well, people need uh, travel updates. They need the news updates every half an hour. So you need to be here making sure that everyone knows what's going on. And I thought, and it was like the first time I really thought, oh, I actually have got a proper job. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Kelly, I feel like you've been a little bit hard on yourself there, mate. You've had so many jobs over the years. I feel like you've had like the, the... professional equivalent of a cat's nine lives you've had so many (laughs) well you know what it's like in this industry like one minute you're up and then you're down and then you're up and then you're down and I think the key is you know you've got to be resilient you've got to be Mm. flexible and you've got to give things a go and not be scared to fall flat on your face because it's just what keeps you going you know I've tried so many things and for whatever reason and sometimes it's no fault of my own that they don't work but things don't work and you just have to kind of dust yourself off and move on I think as soon as you kind of approach something and think oh this is it now this is going to be a hit this is you know this is going to go for years more often than not it fails but then there'll be something like the radio for example where I went in as like a week's cover for somebody just had Mm -hmm. a bit of fun and it's and two years later I'm still doing it so you just never know like where your path's going to lead that's it and it's like you say like it is being brave and taking those chances and putting yourself out there that ultimately will end up working out for you and paying off yeah um you never regret the chances that you take it's the ones that you don't take that you regret yeah so when you did the jungle I mean did you have any idea that you would like win that show you just don't know (laughs) 
I mean, maybe you did. I don't know. But (laughs) but you don't know how they're going to edit you, how you're going to come across. Like, you don't know. Like, you could have a meltdown one day and they just show that and people think, oh, she's a drama queen. Get her off. Or you come across lovely and they show all your loveliness and best bits and you end up winning. And that takes your life into a whole new direction. So you can't really control it, to be honest. Nah, you can't, and especially with TV, it's sort of out of your hands, isn't it? Like, when, especially yeah. when you're not producing it, someone else has got that level of control. Um, and like you say, I remember always hearing. Do you remember Jimmy Bullard when he was in Kel, and he yeah. had that he had that row with Jake Quickenden, and apparently it was dead two sided. They were giving each other as good as they got, but the way it was edited, Jimmy just looked terrible, and he'd been favourite to win, and before you knew it, he was first out because of that <gasps> one moment. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. It just goes to show, doesn't it? Yeah, it does go to show. But like I said, like, yes, I've had like lots of amazing experiences as as you have as well. And I just think, you know, if you're really passionate about what you do, you just kind of let the knocks be a learning curve and not let them kind of get to you. And you just, you know, I'm quite strong like that. I just kind of keep going. And also, I don't Mm. know how to do anything else. (laughs) (laughs) You and me both, mate. (laughs) What else would we do? (laughs) But it does seem as though you've got it all figured out, Kel, because, I mean, I look at your life, right? And at one point you were living in Hollywood, you were walking, red carpets you are wearing these barely there dresses and can I just add sidebar rocking the <laughs> shit out of them now you're like super settled in this gorgeous Primrose Hill house with a wonderful like partner doing your gardening mate it's like it's a world away from that life you used to live yeah it is I grew out of it to be honest I mean I mm. turned 40 last year mm. and uh, LA is a fantastic place but it's really mm. a young 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 person's place like it's you where you go and all your dreams can come true and don't forget like when I went there I went with Jason who had an amazing opportunity to go and live out there and work in Mm -hmm. films and you know I was riding you know like both of us were kind of like it was an adventure and it was an amazing adventure but also like I always see my life as chapters and Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to go back and try and recreate that because it would never be the same so it's just trying to find something else and also I don't like, I love L.A., but I'm such a British girl. Like, I love <laughs> beans on toast and cups of tea and EastEnders. And I love my mates and I love the pub. And and there is all of that that you kind of leave behind. So, yeah. you know, as much as it looks great out there, and it is great, it's a lovely place to visit and I love visiting. Like, I just don't want to live there. Nah. And I think, as by the way, when Kelly says Jason, for anyone who doesn't know, she's talking about Jason Statham. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's still there and absolutely smashing it. And that's great. But um, <laughs> yeah, he, I just... He obviously just doesn't love beans and toast as much as you do. <laughs> oh, no, he does. I can guarantee he does. It was definitely the first thing we used to eat when we stepped off the plane home after being oh. out there for like three months working on like whatever we was working on. We'd come home and it'd be like the first meal would be beans on toast with a bit of cheese on top. We loved it. <laughs> but I can imagine although it is glamorous Kel and it does it looks glamorous and the sun's always shining and everyone's super gorgeous I right this is my thing I reckon it might be it feels like it looks a bit lonely is it was it ever lonely out there oh yeah I think the life the thing is I think being an actor or actress or anyone that works a lot in telly you spend a lot of your time on location and I think that is extremely lonely 
So I would be like, I did a show called Smallville back in the day. Like it was one of my first TV shows. And I only did like five episodes. And I went to, I was in Vancouver in a hotel and it's like the most beautiful place, but there was no one to share it with. I was just there alone. So when you're kind of in a beautiful, no matter how beautiful the hotel is, like if you're there alone, like who are you having dinner with? Like who are you, you know, you're not going to go and, go on bike rides on your own and stuff like that. So it can be quite ice. I mean, I did, but it's isolating. So yeah, yeah, it is a little bit kind of empty in a way. But you know, you're you're living your dream and you're doing what you love, which is great. But you do kind of go, oh, I thought this wasn't quite what I thought I wanted. I, you know, you mm-hmm. do miss, you miss your family. You miss your, like what's familiar to you, I think. Yeah. I you would. I reckon you'd, oh, I don't think you'd love America <laughs> like that, Vicky. You'd be, no. you're such a Newcastle girl. I'd be the same as you. I'd be like, oh my God, no. I want me friends. I want me family. I want me English TV. Yeah. I'd be I'd be tearing me hair out. Like I couldn't enjoy the nice stuff, Kel, because I'd be missing me home so much. This is it. And then you spend all your wages flying people out to see you. <laughs> it's just pointless. <laughs> oh, like, bless come you. And, come and visit. They're like, we can't afford the flight. I'll pay it. Don't worry. Just get on the plane. It's a nightmare. <laughs> oh, bless you, mate. Well, you do seem like you're proper settled and proper happy now. How have you been finding lockdown? Well, I mean, selfishly, I've absolutely enjoyed the time just to stop, (laughs) just to stop and actually like reflect and look back over like those like amazing times and go, oh, wow, I never really think back to living in LA. I never really think Mm. back to holidays I've had or experiences I've had. And then to like go through old photo albums and look through your phone and think, what was I doing this time last year? Like, when do we ever do that? We're always about what's next. What can we plan next? What, like we want more 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 so to actually exactly. for someone to say like no there is no more this is it you can't make any more plans we don't know it's you know the unknown is here now we don't know what's going to happen so mm. you had no choice but to like kind of use your imagination and kind of revisit those moments that you've created those memories which I really enjoyed I thought that was incredible I think you've echo- like echoed so many of my sentiments Kel like and I think Lockdown was a total roller coaster, like, and we've all felt different things at different times. But overall, I felt exactly the same, like, so grateful for just this almost like a pause. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Because we do, we live life so fast, always wanting the next big thing, not really being grateful for the things we've achieved or what we've got or who we've got in our life, always just looking for something else, the next chapter. And I think it's been lovely for her to take her foot off the gas and just, just enjoy what we've got a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you've got your lovely man as well. I mean, how, how did you two get on being completely like in each other's pockets for that time? Well, we've had what ups and downs, Kel. <laughs> I think we all have. I think we all love our partners, but I think there's definitely moments when we're like, oh my God, I want to kill you right now. (laughs) You wouldn't be human, mate, if you hadn't. Like, I've spoken to a couple of people and they've been like, oh, we've absolutely loved it. And I think, right, you're full of shit. There's definitely got to have been a moment where you've thought, just just get out my face, just get out my face. We've all experienced it. We're not meant to be cooped up in a small space with someone for sort of three, four months. And undoubtedly, there's going to be fireworks sometimes. Yeah, I mean, my neighbour found Jeremy on the park bench down at the end of the road. He said, why are you sitting here? You've got a lovely garden. And Jeremy said he was so embarrassed he didn't know what to say, but I just had to get out of the house because you were driving me mad. Oh, bless him. 
He didn't even sit in the garden. He actually like left the left the building. Oh my god! So I think I it can, went work both ways. Yeah, I can totally empathise. Like I remember one day, and like, this was like right near the start of lockdown now, which feels like a different lifetime ago. But me and Erkan would be. From I, I like me space, I like me independence kill, but Erkan would literally just be like attached to us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It wouldn't matter to him. He's got a big family. He's used to being like everyone being under each other's feet. So one day I just had enough would being at each other's throat. Everything we said oh. was rubbing each other the, the wrong way. So he was on the balcony on a call. So I literally just, I just thought this is my opportunity. I walked out. I thought I'm going for a walk. I need some space. Well, he spotted us leaving the apartment from the balcony he followed us he come and followed us I was I was sitting in the park and he was like what are you doing I was like trying to get some fucking space he was like I just thought I'd come with you <laughs> oh no that's so oh, funny no. he's such a beauty isn't he oh my oh. god Honestly, Kel, I'm so lucky. I've absolutely landed on my feet. Um, I've done a bit of a you. I'm, I'm a playing the cougar for a bit. Like, I don't oh, yeah. just thought, why not? <laughs> absolutely. Oh, I love it. I mean, listen, we've all had our fair share of the wrong ones. So it's nice mm. when you finally meet someone lovely. And it brings out the best in you because when they're oh, nice, totally. it makes you nice. <laughs> that's it. And that's what I didn't realise for years is that I was with these men, right? And I'm not casting shade. Like, everybody's seen me past relationships didn't work out it's no secret but I was with these men who it, the relationships were unhealthy at times they were toxic and I thought I could make them better I thought I was going to be able to fix them like I think it was like a wounded bird thing god yeah knows. but I was like I'm going to make them better I'm going to fix them like we're going to have the I'm going to be like their savior almost and it never works out that way they just make you worse yeah they make you, they make you stressed they make you tired they make you exhausted with the process and they bring out the worst qualities in you That's it's it. taken meeting Nurkan for for my I suppose for me to realize just how nice that can be <laughs> I know, but then how much did Erkan have to do a bit of work? Because I know Jeremy had to do a bit of work on me in the beginning. Because you just assume they're going to be the same as everyone else. And so yeah. for a long time, you're just what you're like looking for it in a way. You're like, oh, this is it. This is when you're going to show that you're not really that nice and you're actually the same as all the rest. And then when they don't, you're a bit like, oh. <laughs> I know. Kelly, but this is what I actually, right, this is the only thing about mine and Erkan's relationship. So obviously I've gone out with, and you can you can completely identify with this, I've gone out with some bright bastards, right? Yeah. So I was always the good one. Like, no matter how much I misbehaved, no matter how much I threw me toys out the pram, I could have me arsehole moments. But ultimately, I was still always the good one because they were worse. Going out with Erkan is the first time in my life when I'm the party prick. You're the arsehole! I'm the arsehole! I'm the arsehole! <laughs> I'm the arsehole. This is it. <laughs> oh no. So funny. It takes, it takes some getting used to though, doesn't it? I was like, every time we'd have an argument, I'd be like, right, I'm going to get him here. This is where I'm going to be right. And I was never right. Oh. I've had a complete, I've had to practice humility so much going out with him, but it has brought out a nice side in us, I suppose. Yeah, that's it. And that's all about finding someone that makes you grow and be better. And that's when you know you've got the one, I think. And I, I do, I feel like, I, I feel like we're both finally happy with yeah. who we're with. Well, when oh, you, get in. The, the older you get, the more you just start making more sensible choices but ultimately you'd never really know until you start I reckon it takes about well you need to see someone through every season so about a year to really get to know someone <laughs> <laughs> 
That's it. You can't have a fellow who's just good in the summer, mate. No one yeah, that. yeah. Or like winter, because you're like, oh, he looks cuddly, and in the summer, he's got a nice bod. No, you need to have them for all seasons. A man for all seasons. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and all decades. Aww. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Oh. But then, right, so how have you how have you guys been spending your lockdown? You've obviously still been busy with the show and stuff, right? Yes. So like for Jeremy, it was a lot more difficult because he um, he works on films and TV shows and mm. all of that just shut down completely. So yeah. it was really challenging for him. But because he's like he does a lot of martial arts, he's very zen, he's very calm. Mm. So I feel like that would have affected somebody that maybe wasn't as calm and zen as Jeremy. But he was actually yeah. very good. And he was really good at a assisting me and helping me like set up all my tech stuff at home like he's really good with that not today obviously he failed but usually <laughs> he's really good at doing all that stuff um and I just think um I just think we we tried to do like what we usually do so it didn't disrupt our routine too much I mean to be honest uh, Vicky we didn't realize that we were living a pretty self-isolation life anyway <laughs> <laughs> mum about it and my mum was like I don't see anyone anyway so like, I feel like if you were a super social person and out a yeah. lot which I used to be but in yeah. the last few years I've really quietened down and I don't socialize as much as I used to it wasn't that much of a transition because don't forget I lived out in the countryside for about five years yes, so I was I used to, I was used to being really isolated and mm -hmm. you know doing my little online shops and just kind of you know not going to restaurants and cooking from home and, and all that uh -huh. stuff that people have kind of had to adapt to you know if you're living a busy life most people are going out to restaurants seeing their friends in the pub and if for all that to stop really suddenly must have been a massive culture shock but yeah. for us we were like oh it's just like living in Kent like when we didn't really go out <laughs> so we kind we were kind of okay with it to be honest you've been practicing for years have you we've been practicing like so yeah social distancing for a long time you do though you know I'm no, sure people do. in your life 
that were in your life in your 20s are probably not in your life now you're in your 30s like over over the years you evolve and people go off and have families and you know their kids become their priorities or they move countries or you know you you lose touch with people over the years so like my circle has become a lot smaller over time which is good and bad really I think that just happens though, Kel, like, like you say, it's complete, it's natural. Like I know if, if I'd have been forced into my, my lockdown, so sort of in my late twenties, it would have been the worst thing in the world. Yeah. I would have felt super cut off, dead lonely, just isolation in its finest. But now being in my thirties, it's like you say, like I do like my own company. I love to read a good book. I like to cook a meal for me and Erkan. I like nothing more than sitting all day Sunday and barely moving while I binge a box set. That's my jam. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's it. And so that's, isn't that a nice place to be in that someone says you can't do something? You're like, well, actually, that's fine. I quite like my own company. I think that is, that's huge to be able to say that because a lot of people don't like their own company. Dare I say it, Kel, we are content. (laughs) No, we're ambitious. We still like to get out there and get stuff and do stuff. I think it's nice to keep going and uh, keep yourself um stimulated but it's just stimulated in the right ways not the wrong ways like not with like you say toxic people drinking all the other things that go with you know what our job would attract you know so Uh so gardening for example like who would know who would have knew who would have known that I would have loved gardening so much but to put my (laughs) phone down for like a few hours and not be scrolling and just go out there Mm. and actually acknowledge nature and the change and how beautiful that is is just so nice that's just been a big revelation to me so um I'm just finding other things that I enjoy really Finding out you loved gardening was a, co- a proper curveball for me. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I never saw that coming. I know. But you just, you look so at home. Like I've caught various of yes, like various segments of yours on this morning and you just look so happy and like at peace. I think, Jesus Christ, I need a fucking garden. Well, do you know what? <laughs> I inherited a beautiful garden when I moved into this house in Kent about 12 years ago. And I was really mm-hmm. young then. And it wasn't really, that house and that garden was not suited to my lifestyle at all but I think <laughs> I bought it because it was the one, the house my mum wanted and never had so I think Aww. I bought it in my mind for her but then like obviously could never live in it because I was always everywhere else and so of over course. the years I'd kind of go home and you know we had a gardener and he would try and teach me stuff and point out things that were flowering and I'd be like yeah 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 and I and I really <laughs> didn't appreciate it and um and then it was only until like I started spending a bit more time there that I actually started saying well actually can you just what's that you're planting over there and he would kind of talk me through it like he's an older guy and he would like talk me through stuff and and I was like oh actually like I should have a bit more time for him a bit more respect for what he does like he's really passionate about this and I just completely fell in love with gardening he really like it was like he was like my mentor really he's in his (laughs) 70s little Michael and he was like my teacher and so I never went he was yeah he was like my little yeah so we had like a love every I couldn't wait for Michael to come every Tuesday and we'd like go out and be out all day and it was such a lovely um escape from what I was used to and uh mm-hmm. yeah it was like therapy to me really he was your Mr Miyagi he was <laughs> <laughs> he was have you got any crazy hobbies like that well I got into cooking didn't I Kel last oh, year oh yes you did I um so obviously I've 
been exactly the same as you, travelling loads, fast-paced life, in and out of hotels for God, now on like three to five years. Um, I've never had a proper base or anything, so I've lived off deliveries and convenience food. And then, of course, I did MasterChef last year, and it just awoke this entire passion inside of us that I didn't even know existed. And, yeah, now I love cooking. I cook more stairs. Oh, that's so great. And isn't it nice just to put your phone down and just, like, be focused on something else? Other than mindlessly scrolling on Instagram and making myself feel shit. Well, and I just think, (laughs) and I just think our generation and like the younger generations, we we can become so self-absorbed and so vacuous in focusing on what we look like, our weight, our relationships and, you know, to actually look. And I feel like the reason maybe like we're so focused on our relationships as well is because that's an element of looking outside yourself to focus on something Mm -hmm. else. That's a release. So to have something Mm -hmm. that isn't a relationship and something that's cooking or gardening or whatever it is, it's just an it's just an excuse just to kind of actually not think about yourself for a minute, which I think is healthy. To just to develop yourself more as a person as well, Kella, I think. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because quite often we are completely, especially in our industry, especially our generation, totally defined by the way we look. But to offer something else, to offer a skill, to offer like, to be well read, to be accomplished in something else, I think it's a lovely trait and it does sometimes get like, it falls to the wayside. Yeah, it's true. So what is your like go-to dish then? If I was going to come around for dinner, what would you cook me? Oh, God, pressure. <laughs> God, literally, the minute you said that, Kel, because I know you do a fantastic roast, I've started to panic and the back of my knees are sweating. You've made us nervous. <laughs> are, you good, are you a good, do you do a good roast? I do an all right roast, yeah, but honestly, I've not got that big of a kitchen, so I kind of do it on the scale I'd like to do it. Um, I think I lean in towards like Japanese and Thai cuisines quite a lot. I do like a good chicken teriyaki and a nice like sticky peanut butter chicken and stuff. So maybe something like that. Oh, lovely. I love a nice Thai curry. Oh, brilliant. Right. Well, you're we your first guest when lockdown's <laughs> finished. I love spicy food. Jeremy hates, because he's Italian, so he doesn't like anything spicy. Right. So when he met me, he'd only like lived on pasta his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he still looked like that, the bastard. I know. He, tra- he does train a lot, but yeah, like he loves pasta. Whereas I'm much like, I'm more into protein and salads. Like I'd love a mm. chicken salad or I don't know, like a nice roast with potatoes. I'm not really a massive, mm-hmm. I love pasta, but I'm not a massive pasta fan. So is he a good cook as well then, Kel? He's actually got really good at baking. <laughs> no! Got, like, I got given this like big kitchen aid like I did bake off this year and kitchen uh-huh. aid sent me like this huge kind of like mixer and it's like a, uh-huh. it's quite a manly looking tool so I think he feels like it's okay because <laughs> he puts all the ingredients in and presses the button and it's like this machine and he just loves it so he makes oh. an amazing rum cake he does that. Stop. What else does he make? He makes some great stuff. He made like a an apple cake and like I think he misses his grandma's cooking. So he tries to make like oh. recreate all like the panettones and stuff that she used to make. Yeah, he's good. That's so cu- That's so cute. Right, this is it. When lockdown's over, double date. I'll bring the main course. Jeremy does the dessert. Perfect. I love it. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in lockdown, we did like things like we'd like put cinema, like we did like a little cinema in the 
the garden. I put a little outdoor screen out. I seen it looks yeah. so cute. Kelly, can you? Oh, it's God. so sweet. You could just do it with like a sheet, like put a white sheet up, and you just get an old projector and project movies on. And the sound of it, it just it felt like you was like back in the like the Second World War or something. It was so cute. <laughs> but um, you two have been absolute lockdown goals I just want to let you know <laughs> my, friend, yeah. my friend said you're making it look like a holiday and I, and I said to her well it feels like a holiday because we're able to stop and actually enjoy our time with each other oh and that's that has been a really important thing that I've learned from lockdown as well that probably we were going a bit too fast yeah I mean I mean it has been scary though I mean my anxiety I've never really suffered anxiety but my anxiety mm. during lockdown went through the roof I mean I was like, getting up in the middle of the night like having to go and like sit in the kitchen and just like breathe because we just didn't know what was going to happen if we had it if we didn't no. have it like it was just awful wasn't it it was an incredibly scary and uncertain time. And it's like you say, I think nothing nothing instills fear in you more than just not knowing. Yeah. It, it was terrifying and, and awful. It's really lovely to know that we're sort of coming out the other side now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How did you cope with your anxiety, Kel? Did you have any techniques to help you calm yourself or anything? Well, the thing was, I'd never had anxiety before. Um, only when I get in a lift. <laughs> But that lasts like one floor and then I'm out and I'm fine. But like you get that kind of hot, sudden flush of, I can't get out, I'm claustrophobic. So it was... Trapped. Yeah, so it was that trapped feeling. So uh, it would come on at night and... I was really conscious of my breathing because coronavirus was all about not being able to breathe. I was thinking that I had coronavirus because I couldn't breathe. So there was this kind of element of not knowing what was a coronavirus and what was anxiety and just trying to figure it out. And then I would go and sit in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> I'd drink some apple cider vinegar. <laughs> Which just sounds crazy, <laughs> but I just think that kills all germs. So I'd drink apple cider vinegar, which was mad, and then I'd have some water, and then I'd just literally sit on the floor, boil the kettle, make some herbal tea, and just breathe, and just try and meditate, and just try and, like, focus on lovely things and nice things. Mm. And then after about 15 minutes, I'd calm myself down and go back to bed, and then it got better. But I can't imagine how crippling that must be for people that have that all the time. Do you suffer from anxiety or anything like that? I feel like as I've got older, um, I think when, when you're young, you're almost fearless. And like, I don't want to um, sort of trivialise any, anybody who does go through anything in their 20s. But for me, I felt so carefree and, and so, yeah, just essentially reckless when I was younger. Like nothing really scared us. I spoke without thinking. Like I, I acted before I thought all of the time um, and I had very little I don't know just very little fear um, but as I've got older I just am so much more aware of everything going on around us and and how life is fleeting and and how I don't know how I am I, I have got a right to feel afraid of stuff so it's become worse definitely in my 30s Cal. yeah um, I, and I think a lot of people are, are speaking out about it more which is is obviously great to get the dialogues going um, but it also it's nice to know you're not alone. Yeah, no, it's true. And to be honest, because so many people have spoken out over it over the years, um, I could recognise it. Whereas if I hadn't, you yeah. know, I didn't know anxiety yeah. was a thing. I wouldn't know what that was really. So the fact that people have been having these conversations, it made me think, oh, that's, I recognised it. I was like, that's what it is. I'm anxious and this is why. And that's normal. And when you rationalise it in your brain going, of course you're going to feel like this because 
things have changed, you know, your chest is tight, not because of any disease you've got, but it's because you're grieving your old life, you know, that fast paced yeah. life. That's your, what your experience is, is, is like a bereavement, like a grief. Um, that was the only thing I could like liken it to really, because it was the loss of something we'd always known. And I don't think life will ever go back to how it was. I think there'll be, it will, it will be kind of similar, but I think that, I think this has definitely shifted everyone and made people more aware of certain things. So, um, I mean, I was a bit of a germaphobe anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> when I went, in, I, went I, I went into Whole Foods yesterday and I was like, oh, there's no one here. This is fantastic. And the woman like, you know, she's behind a screen and I was thinking it's sad, but I'm actually quite enjoying it because it's not just, you know, coronavirus. <laughs> it's every other disease and germ that I don't want to get as well. So <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Kel, you and me must be the absolute polar opposite. Like I am, I'm not afraid of, I've got I'm so ridiculous. Like I'm not, I'm not aware of germs at all. Like coronavirus proper, like brought this home for me, just how much I should be washing my hands, how careful I should be being. Because up until, up until that, I was so lackadaisy with yeah. it. I was so irresponsible. I'd wash my hands like once a week. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> so when I first started working at Global Radio, I remember going in and I'd never been in an office environment and I went into the kitchen and obviously everyone just puts their cups and plates and everything everywhere and they have cleaners yeah. that come around like three or four times a day. But I got culture shock. So the first thing I would do on a Saturday morning <laughs> is go in the kitchen and I'd have to clean the whole kitchen before the show. <laughs> Stop oh, it. Proper culture shock. Stop. I got obsessed with it. I was like, I've got to clean up before I start my show. Because <laughs> I wasn't used Kelly to Brooke, being around people. Radio host and cleaner. Yeah, they were like, what is she doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, get two for the price of one you when you pull out Kelly Brook because <laughs> I'm so used to being on my own and in my own space and creating my own space so when all of a sudden you're sharing your space so intimately like in a studio like that like, you know a radio studio is quite small um, you're in an office with like lots of people you know, it was just a real like weird thing for me. I could not get used to it. Like I'd go in and like I could smell people and I, I'd never, you know, I was like, oh, what's that smell? And pe <laughs> my producer was like, it's just people. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't like it. Open a window. <laughs> terrible. So embarrassing. No, no, but it's like anything, like you have to get used to stuff. Yeah. And I think it's it's almost like the last couple of weeks when I see the world starting to, I suppose, open up again, Kelly. Yeah. Like, it's led me to feel a little bit anxious as well. And I, I put an Instagram post up yesterday, like I've not been feeling myself. I am a bit apprehensive, like I can feel my anxiety rising about the world going back to how it used to be. And I don't want it to. Really? Like I've settled... Yeah, I've settled in quite nicely to to lockdown life, to my world being smaller. Like, don't get us wrong. I, I want to be able to hug me mum again. I'm, I'm dying for her to see me, to give me little baby niece a hug and all the rest of it. But ultimately, like, I don't want to live my life as fast as it was and with, with, with as many unnecessary people in it. Like, I just, I quite like the quiet yeah, and the calm. Yeah, I think it's really good for us all, really. Um, I, do you know what? I don't think it will go back to normal that quickly. I mean, I'm going into the West End every day. Have you been into the West End recently? 
you know what, mate? I haven't been in London in London for four months. Well, I mean, to think that now shops are open, cabs are driving around, yeah. it's empty, it's yeah. very really? quiet. Yeah, it's not. Right. People aren't. They're not running out the door to go into Zara and buy a dress or go to Pret and get a sandwich. Like people are not back in the office. People. Are, I think that. I think what's going to happen is that there'll be like much more like flexi working, and people will work from yes. home a few days of the week and then come in. Like I got a train the other day. I was the only person on the carriage. Honestly, yeah, it's that shocked me. Like. Yeah, there's just nobody around. It's super quiet. It's just everyone's reaction because obviously we're going to be allowed to drink in pubs and club, like restaurants and stuff from this weekend. And everyone's reaction to it is like, can't wait, making this, like, make, making this reservation, doing this, doing that. I think I've been pouring my own measures from home for the last four months. If I get a drink in a bar, I'm not going to think there's any alcohol in it. Exactly. <laughs> We had our I'm happy at home. We had our first takeaway pint the other weekend and it was oh it tasted oh, so good. Oh <laughs> yes. nothing better. We were like, oh let's just go in and get a takeaway pint and sit in the park. Um it was so nice. Like I do miss the pubs not being open because I just love going on a Sunday and sitting in a pub having a roast and a pint. It's like like that's you know, it's a part of our culture. We need it. She, she misses that good British tradition, <laughs> yeah, doesn't she? Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, Kel, it's been so lovely chatting to you. I hope you don't mind if we break for part one now and I'll welcome you back in part right. two to talk all things Figgy Patterson The Secret <laughs> All right, see you soon. Oh, Kelly, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, I hope you've enjoyed part one. I'm going to give you guys a little break. And when we come back, me and Kelly will be discussing The Secret to Feeling Fabulous at 40. Woo! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 